When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And being back, we're going to dive right into a contest winner that Zena been promoting. All Zeno, is it Zenovember? Zenovember, Zenovember. Well, that's what I thought, but I feel like the name kept changing. It did. I, I, I was just out of control. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we love you. So first and foremost, we wanted to announce our official contest winner of the Bloody Disgusting Bundle, which is a bloody, bloody, bloody disgusting t-shirt, the bloody disgusting enamel pin, sticker pack, and free year-long subscription. That's an amazing prize. Isn't it? I want it. (laughs) Congratulations to the Twitter handle, at AshXAshes. Yay! Yay. Woo-woo! And the question submitted that ended up winning this prize was, if you were to teach a Horror 101 class, what three films would you show your class? That is a tough question, so I am immediately going to defer to Megan. Oh, gosh. (laughs) As in my head, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so hard. How do you narrow it down to three? Well, if it's a Horror 101, I feel like you have to go back to the classics that Mm. kind of set the foundation for everything. So... Mm Something like The Exorcist, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Halloween, probably, I feel like would be a pretty good base. Those are good ones. How about you, Zina? You know, I I, I love that angle, but I also want it to be, you know, me. So I want (laughs) to, you know, reach for like, you know, those types of horror movies where it's like, follow your dreams, aspirational type of horror. So I'm going to go with Excision from 2012. Oh. Sorry, like, guys. Screw 101. We, and, the we neon, and the neon demon. And then as a bonus, she didn't ask this. It will be Pearl. Because you know what? You should be following your dreams. That's a part of Horror 101. Kind horror of. 101 for Xena's follow your dreams. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I can see follow that. Follow your dreams. Uh, th- this is a, a tough question that I probably am taking way too seriously, so I'm going back and forth on it a lot. But I think a combination of both Megan and Xena. Okay. For, first of all, for me, it would have to be Jaws. No nice. secret that I'm a massive Jaws fan. Mostly. A you good like com- Jaws? 
Yeah, I know. It's weird, huh? <laughs> Just crazy. <laughs> it's the combination of the, the getting the right casting, you know, like the how you actually get that interaction, but also how a massive failure of a production can turn into one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and then Blair Witch Project classic it's one of the original phone footages and as far as i'm concerned it's still the one that ticks all the boxes that still Mm -hmm. accomplishes all the things that modern phone footages are trying to uh, recapture and not necessarily quite nailing and then i'm gonna go the xena route and i was i was gonna say rosemary's baby because i'm a massive fan or recent convert but i'm gonna have to say x a, a good example of a new a new age horror movie that can still play with classic tropes, but like multi layers, like kind of a progression of horror through time. So yeah, I took that way more seriously than I thought I was going to. Maybe it was Good my vacation. I'm recharged list. and I'm all recharged, ready to take everything serious. <laughs> nah, I don't know about that. First call. <laughs> Happy horror days ahead, bloody podcast, bloody disgusting podcast. Uh, my my apologies, I got excited when I was supposed to. Leave a message. Uh, so my name is Donnie, and I'm from New York, and I am calling to ask a question to you all. So what is, or who is, your favorite family in horror? And just to give you an example, one of my favorite families of all time in horror is from Toby Hooper's Poltergeist, and it's the Freeling family, uh, played by Joe Beth Williams and Craig T. Nelson. I just think that they're wholesome, they're charming, and they've got a little spiciness to them, as Zeno would say, because as they put the kids to bed, they decide to spark one up and uh, relax a little before all of the ghosts and uh, poltergeists uh, come out to play. So I'd be curious, who are your favorite families in horror? Or better yet, who would you like to be a part of, a family member part of, of, uh, of the horror um, the horror movies out there? So. Thanks so much, and uh, sorry for all the rambling. Keep up the good work. Bye-bye. Great question. I honestly don't think about the families in horror movies very much, like as a family structure outside, like, you know, the classics, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. and um, So I'm going to say the Firefly family. Um, Mostly because I feel like I want to be on, if I'm going to be with them or against them, I feel like I'd rather be with them <laughs> just because I don't want to be on the other side of it and suddenly have them have me digging my own grave or turned into a mermaid. Uh, yeah, not not fun. Don't want to be there. But if I have to, <laughs> that was a way darker answer this time. How about you, Zena? So, okay, I split it up. So favorite, I really like the Meeks family from uh, Frailty. So uh, mm-hmm. from 2001, oh, that's yeah, I thought that they, they were a pretty cool fan. I mean, their dad <laughs> really believed it. And kind of like you, John, it was just kind of like, I don't know if I would want to be there, but I'd rather be there than be against you. Yeah. And then, um, so that's just like a favorite. But then the family I would actually want to be a part of, I want to be a part of the LaDama's family and Ready or Not. They seem like they yeah. had a good time and we all go out at the same time. So what? It was fun. <laughs> we might explode. And uh, just for a little razzle-dazzle, um, I do like the the, the tethered uh, Wilson family. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> um, they're creepy. They're charming. They're wearing red. I look really good in red, so that's why. You know, and rabbit prepared right is pretty tasty. So, I am, uh... 
How about you, Megan? I'm going to be dull and be like the Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre Wait, family. Wait, do you like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> do you? I, I do. I do. But when you look at the whole entire franchise, it's all about family. And the mm. family changes. There's new members. There's like mm. crazy people who just get adopted into this clan. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter who they are. Like, do your thing because she just... <laughs> She just got introduced to the family, and they're like, we will kill for you. And there's something really sadistically sweet about that. That is super sweet. Like, You're right. This, yeah. Like, the the family, the, the bond is the family. It doesn't matter who you are. Just don't, just don't go into their house, and maybe you'll be okay. I don't know. But, yeah, they, they're all about family in that franchise. The entire thing. I think Megan has exposed a massive oversight of Hollywood right now, not having a Fast and Furious and Texas Chainsaw Massacre crossover. They're family. Because <laughs> it's all about Can family. You imagine poor Bubba trying to drive a truck. Oh, I believe in him. <laughs> I believe, yeah, we, we do believe in Bubba. That's all right. If Tyrese can go to space, Bubba can drive a truck. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that movie. Speaking of, it's fine. <laughs> Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast. Everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to help us discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. I'm back. Yay! <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you know her from YouTube channel and website Real Queen of Horror, and her infant love for the genre, and head of Bloody Disgusting's TikTok, who has been running our show for the last month single-handedly, Zena Dixon. I hey, Zena. Hello, I missed you guys. Yeah, we're reunited. Dun, dun, dun. The dark trio. Full power. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? Uh, so I checked out the South Korean series Bargain on Paramount Plus. It came out 2022. Uh, men are lured into a remote hotel only to be caught up in an organ trafficking ring. After an earthquake, the survivors fight to escape. So, yeah, this series is so unhinged. Um, I really love it. And this is pretty much in the trailer, but it open up. It opens up where this man is paying. He's trying to pay this young girl to do some things with her because she says that, oh, I've never done it before, right? And so next thing you know, he's on a table and his organs are up for sale. Um, it's like a public auction. Um, yeah, and things are just, they they get crazy right away. This one is raw, it's violent, it's dark, it's a little funny. Um, and then, yeah, you think like the beginning is is chaotic, but again, it's in the synopsis. So once the earthquake happens, Whoa! So it's really good and no spoilers, but if you are going to watch the series, don't get attached to anyone because sometimes people are not what they seem. And, you know, I know not a lot of people have Paramount Plus, but I feel like if this series was on Netflix, I think that it would be like people would be losing their their minds over it and stuff like that. So, and people Aww. who I do know who check it out, they really love it. It's only six episodes um, and it's about 35 minutes long. But yeah, um, I'm really, really into it. I had a really good time watching it. So highly recommend that one. Nice. Then the next thing I checked out, I watched Dream Demon from 1988 on Prime Video. A young woman who's about to be married begins having these terrifying dreams about demons. Um, when she wakes, the demons are real and begin committing gruesome murders. So um, this is in the trailer. The movie opens up where this woman, she's about to get married, but then she's like, ah, I can't. And so then her husband slaps her. 
So then she slaps him back and his head goes flying off. <laughs> it is crazy. There's like blood shooting up everywhere. People are surprised. And right then and there, I knew I needed this movie in my life. I was cheering it on. But yeah, I, I don't feel like this one's going to be for everyone, but it, it's because mm-hmm. it is very, it's very dreamy, dis- disoriented, like fever dreamish, you know? Um, but it, I really was into it. Like the two leading women, the complete opposites. One is very like school teacher. Let me bake you some cookies, you know? And then the other one's like punk rocker. And it's just like a really awesome mix. And I feel like it it has like a nightmare on Elm Street vibe as well as a Hellraiser vibe, which I won't go into more detail with that. But um, if you like those two, I think that you might like it. I do feel like this is like an 80s gem. And again, it may not be for everyone uh, just because a lot goes on into it, but it's really good. And I think his name is Timothy Spall. He is incredible. Incredible, and he's disgusting, but he is incredible in this one. So, yeah, you, uh, I think that you should check this one out if you haven't seen it. I had a lot of fun with it. Nice. Cool. How about you, Megan? Uh, I went into this movie knowing that Godzilla is in it. I watched <laughs> Godzilla minus one. I say it like that because, um, it's in theaters now. I didn't really watch any trailers because it's Godzilla. You know, Godzilla is going to be in it. Um, people were raving about it. I didn't know it was a period piece. It is set, you know, right after World War II, the first couple of years right after that is Japan is, they're already devastated by the war. And then you've got a Godzilla threat. And uh, it is really, really good. It is definitely heavy on human drama uh, of, you know, you've got a kamikaze pilot who did not do his job and he's Mm. dealing with that and honor and this new threat uh in the form of godzilla and john i think would really like this movie because there are definitely quite a few sequences that harken back to jaws a lot of it is set at sea and there is uh you know a lot of they're they're in a rickety boat for war reasons and you've got godzilla chasing them down so it's actually really 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 good the hype is real highly recommend um (laughs) And then I watched Gonjiam Haunted Asylum because I was researching something and I've seen this numerous times. And sometimes you just need familiar comfort. And because uh, it's, it's cr- awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> um, it's, I watched it on Peacock. I think it's streaming on a few different apps, but for mm-hmm. sure it's on Peacock. That's where I watched it. And if you are not familiar, it's basically uh, South Korea's first found footage film uh, set around a horror web series that, kind of like Deadstream, they just really want to hit monetization. And so they decide to investigate paranormal investigate it, one of the most uh haunted places um which is you know gonjiam the haunted asylum so yeah it is at first glance like it just seems like kind of a conventional found footage horror movie um really well done the scares are really great but the more you kind of like research it this is one of those found footage movies that operates functionally as a great horror movie doesn't matter where you're from but if you are either researching or savvy or from South Korea, you kind of notice that a lot of the imagery and the the kind of mythos is purposely hearkening back to kind of tragic periods in South Korea's mm. history. So there's kind of like a dual layer or multiple layers to these scares. It's like on the, you know, on a surface level, they just are great scares and they, they give you the goosebumps, but then you're kind of peeling back why these choices are there you know what they're referencing and you're like it kind of i don't know it just adds more context that you could dig into or you can just enjoy as is which i i I love that so yeah nice that's what i watched 
Awesome. I made my way to the theaters, I think partially because Megan got a pull quote on this particular movie. Yeah. But why not? The kids were out of the house and my wife decided, or my wife and I decided to go see a movie. So we went and saw 2023's Thanksgiving. After a Black Friday riot ends in tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, the birthplace of the infamous holiday. So... I think, I don't know if I've really mentioned this on the podcast. I'm sure I have. I'm not a particularly big Eli Roth fan. Um, I generally don't enjoy his dialogue a lot. It yeah. comes across as very frat bro-y, no matter when, <laughs> whether he's delivering it or someone else's. And there's more of that in this, especially pre-Riot. Um, there was kind of a part where I'm like, yeah, Eli Roth wrote this. <laughs> but that said, once that's th- that that initial like uh catalyst is out of the way i thought the second and third acts were really enjoyable like it was a lot more fun it felt like a classic horror movie eli roth is a a, like full of horror knowledge like hearing eli roth talk about horror is really fun because he's clearly a massive fan of it and he's almost like a historian of it so it's it's nice to see that he is looking or, or just playing with the concepts and the tropes and making them fun and just creating just a good, fun new slasher that is not over, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I just wanted to mention specifically how refreshing it is. Like, nothing against all of the great slashers that we've had recently. Um, but it's really refreshing to have just a meat and potatoes, straightforward 80s slasher, but mm-hmm. without the 80s aesthetic. It's a contemporary mm-hmm. vibe and look, mm-hmm. but with yep. the, the sensibilities of the 80s that we kind of miss. Um, there's no twist. There's no hook. It's no. just straightforward, which is refreshing. Yeah. I, I will admit, I am mildly bummed out that it's not like the trailer and they didn't shoot it on film and make it look grainy just because I really, the, the trailer that originally appeared in the Grindhouse movies is great. And, uh, and a lot of the imagery you see from that, they, uh, they bring right back. Like they couldn't, you couldn't re, you couldn't make this movie and not have that imagery. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> be like doing machete without any of that imagery too. Like, well, yeah, you have to do some of it. Um, yeah. but yeah, it was both my wife and I kind of left the theater. Like that was a lot more fun than we thought it was going to be. And, yeah. you know, Patrick Dempsey back in horror after a long departure. I'm, I'm guessing he hasn't been in horror since scream three. Has he? I don't, I don't, I don't even know think if he has. So. I need to look it up, but yeah, scream three for sure. This was definitely the first slasher and he, you know, to have this open a week after he was yeah. awarded sexiest man oh, by yeah. people magazine. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. Nice. They should have marketed that. They totally should have. But what are you going to do? Like America's sexiest slasher movie or something. <laughs> like just because he's in there. Oh, well. Maybe the next one that we'll talk about later. Um, And then this is a weird pull. But it was on Tubi. And I was curious because of the title. I watched 1965's Monsters Crash the Pajama Party. <laughs> Yeah. That one's or cute. Pajama party. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, hold on, because I'm about to tell you the entire movie. A group of teenage girls spends a night in an old dark mansion as initiation into a college sorority. 
What they don't know is that the building is actually the headquarters for a mad scientist and his hunchbacked assistant who are experimenting on turning humans into gorillas. (laughs) That's the movie. (laughs) It's 30 minutes long. It is a grand total of 30 minutes long, and 30% of the movie is taken up by the initial credits in which clearly they rented some gorilla costumes and were just really excited to have gorilla costumes because there's no opening title scrawl. There's a narration. And then they just narrate who does each job while a gorilla kind of plays that part. It's... Okay. (laughs) So I, I was curious. I looked up old reviews of it. And it's not good. I have to imagine it's... (laughs) it's cute it's it's more that it's like it is the campiest most bizarre arguably poorest made movie you're gonna see but it's almost infectious in that way where you're like this is ridiculous what i'm watching but it's only 30 minutes i can get through that and really honestly it's only like 20 minutes and like the the dialogue the random characters that suddenly get introduced with no explanation like the fact that this is initiation into college sorority is a moot point that does not actually matter (laughs) that is just to get them in the house um it's (laughs) just go watch it on tubi if you got you got 20 minutes like just or or 30 if you want to watch the people in the gorilla costumes um it's it's something but Again, it's it, something. <laughs> yeah, it kind of it was kind of endearing too. I'm not I'll, I'll, I'm not going to say it's good, but it was kind of fun to watch just in just this weird, campy ridiculousness. It's kind of like watching an old episode of the Monkeys TV show, oh, except okay. except not as good. For those of you, <laughs> I have just massively dated myself on kinda, knowing that there was a TV show about the Monkeys band. It kind of reminded me of like Scooby Doo, and I kind of wonder totally. if like yep. Scooby Doo from 1969, if it was inspired by oh, this movie. You without know? a doubt, so, yeah, that's like yeah. there was like a, a, a mo- like Gilligan's Island around that time. It was the same sort of stuff. They all kind of kept treading the same thing, like running in and do- in one door and out another yeah. door, and like just <laughs> like because it was trying to be tongue in cheek funny, but the laughs were kind of like. Oh, <laughs> so it's like, all right, sure. Why not? It was an experience and, you know, didn't cost me that much of my life. So why not? <laughs> all right. Before we move on, what did we watch and how did we watch it? I checked out Bargain on Paramount Plus and Dream Demon on Prime Video. I watched Godzilla Minus One in theaters now and Gonjium Haunted Asylum on Peacock. And I watched Thanksgiving in the theaters and 1965's Monsters Crash the Pajama Party on Tubi. All right, I don't need homework for this week for reasons that maybe I'll explain next week. Maybe I won't. Doesn't make any difference. So. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's been going on, Megan? I think you know, John. I think you know. (laughs) 
He knows. <laughs> he knows. Uh, because there's always second helpings when it comes to Thanksgiving. Eli Roth's <laughs> Holiday Slasher is officially getting a sequel. Uh, Sony's TriStar plans on releasing Thanksgiving 2 in theaters worldwide in 2025. Eli Roth and Jeff Rendell are back to write the screenplay for the upcoming sequel. Uh, we're going to take a year off so we can really, really write a great script. We want to outdo ourselves, make it better than the first one, Roth teased. So, yeah, John Carver, he'll be back for seconds. Um, the first film, an expansion of Roth's faux trailer scene in Grindhouse 2007, was released in theaters worldwide. Uh, it received rave reviews, earned $30 million globally in its first two weeks um, of release, with an impressive second week a second week hold at negative 31%, so it didn't drop that much. Wow. So, yeah, if you are not familiar, uh, Thanksgiving is about a uh, Black Friday riot that ends in tragedy, inspiring a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer that terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, the birthplace of the holiday. So, yeah, more original slashers, which I, you know, again, we've been getting more of them, but I feel like so far they've mostly been, like, kind of a mashup of things. Mm -hmm. So, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, but maybe you know the tagline, the tagline of There Will Be No Leftovers... Uh, maybe there's gonna be leftovers. There, there's, there was yeah. a le there was leftovers. <laughs> the leftovers being definitely. money. <laughs> there will be no leftovers. Yeah, you know. But I kind of I don't know. I I was trying to think of what kind of slasher icon or not slasher but modern horror icons. I think we've got art can probably classify now. Art the clown at this mm -hmm. point. Yeah. But do we have any other? Kind the, of contemporary? Until Ghostface, I couldn't name anything for the last 30 years, or 25 years, basically. Yeah, so, I mean, if John Carver wants to be one, there's definitely a huge gap in the horror marketplace there. Not yeah. that you can just make a horror icon happen, but I feel like there, it's time. We need one. Um, so, yeah. And then, because the world of Stephen King adaptations is always growing... Uh, Francis Lawrence, who recently directed uh, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbird and Snakes, is on board to direct an adaptation of Stephen King's 1979 novel, The Long Walk. The project was previously set up at New Line, but has found a new home at Lionsgate. Uh, J.T. Molnar, who is behind recent festival hit uh, Strange Darling, will write the script. Uh, Stephen King penned The Long Walk under the pseudonym Richard Bachman, first published in 1979. The no novel is set in the future dystopian America ruled by an authoritarian. Um, in the long walk, the country holds an annual walking contest in which 100 teens must journey nonstop and under strict rules until only one of them is still standing alive and receiving a prize. The story is told of a 16-year or the story told of a 16-year-old walker named Raymond Garrity and the teens, some good, some bad, some mysterious, in his orbit. So really, it kind of sounds like maybe the director of Hunger Games is perfect for the long walk. Yeah. Have you read it, John? Yeah, I have. I'd be. It's a good book. I, I'm. I remember when it was originally announced that they were adapting it, and thinking that's a interesting one to adapt. I'm not sure how they're going to make it interesting visually because it is so much the inner struggle of what's going on on the walk and just kind of what he's seeing around him. But like, like so much Stephen King. There's so yeah. much inner characterization and stuff like that. It'll be, they're going to have to change what's going on. They're going to have to spice up. Otherwise, visually, it's, it's, it's all, it's kids walking. It's for, kids walking. It's kids walking yeah. and kids dying. And so I'll be curious to see like what, what they kind of do to build that out a little bit more, but it's a good book. I highly recommend people checking it out. It's a fast read. 
Well, that's good. Fast, fast read on slow walk. Yeah. Well, it's not a slow walk. There's a speed. So. Okay. (laughs) Well, it's a long walk. They're speed walking a long walk. (laughs) Yep. If you read it under a certain number of words per minute, you do die while you read the book. It's, it's tough. I'm a slow reader. I got scared. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's coming. I don't know. I guess the question at this point is what Stephen King book, short or whatever, has not been adapted (laughs) at this point. If if he publishes it, they will adapt it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, keeping with themes of what we watched and what's news, uh, there's more Godzilla. Godzilla's everywhere lately. (laughs) So Godzilla fans are eating good right about now with Toho's uh, Godzilla Minus One in theaters, Legendary's Monarch Legacy of Monsters airing on Apple TV+. And up next is Legendary slash WB's Monsterverse that expands with Godzilla X-Kong. How do you even say that? Godzilla and Kong? I don't know how you... <laughs> I think Give me one I would ticket say, for Godzilla yeah. X-Kong, the new <laughs> X-Empire, please. Uh, it's going to be unleashed in theaters in April 12th, 2024, and the first trailer arrived over the weekend. The latest entry of the franchise follows the explosive showdown of Godzilla versus Kong with an all-new cinematic adventure, pitting the almighty Kong and the fearsome Godzilla against a colossal, undiscovered threat hidden within our world, challenging our very existence and our own. Uh, the epic new film will delve further into the histories of these titans, their origins, and the mysteries of Skull Island and beyond, while uncovering a mythic battle that helped forge these extraordinary beings and tied them to humankind forever. So, um, Adam Wingard returns to direct the movie. He's joined by cast, uh, Rebecca Hall as Dr. Eileen Andrews, Brian Tyree Henry as fan favorite Bernie Hayes, Kaylee Hoddle as Gia, and Dan Stevens, Bala Jen, and Rachel House also join the cast. Mm. I love anytime dan stevens pops up in like anything so insane and with rebecca yeah. hall woohoo! yeah um and then the screenplay for this one is written by simon barrett you're next in the guest so mm, yeah awesome i i have no idea who i saw the trailer i have no idea what the new kaiju is there was a lot of shadows and monsters on the screen so much like bright vivid colors too yeah i was pretty confused about who i was actually looking at most of the time but what the heck? Why not? Big monsters. We love them. Yeah. All right, listeners, your turn. What form of exercise do you most associate with horror? What happens when you multiply Godzilla by Kong? Little math joke after 160 episodes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's like, uh, not funny, John. gets me. <laughs> no, it was funny. That's why I laughed. A little giggle. That's the reaction I was expecting. <laughs> that was dad joke gets the gets the dad joke laugh rebuttal that's what happens i love it we're back guys we're back that's xena stepping in for our listeners right there <laughs> you can call our texas at 224-475-1040 the number is also in the show notes or feel free to email us be disgusting podcast at gmail.com finally xena is going to make all our lives easier and see if horror movie options and clue us in what's appearing soon we should be watching so xena what should we be watching We do have a good amount of horror coming our way. So this is going to be for Tuesday the 5th. So by the time this episode is out, first up, Devils will be available on Screenbox. This this one is described as face-off meets freaky Friday when a homicide detective swap bodies with a serial killer. Then we have Everyone Will Burn. This will be on VOD. A strange girl may be linked to a local legend about stopping an impending apocalypse. Then Do Not Disturb will be available on DVD. Chloe and Jack travel to Miami for their honeymoon. They decide that... uh, they decide to pay, 
What am I talking about? They decide <laughs> to have, I'm going to say a drug experience and that because they feel like it will strengthen their relationship. However, they've been given a powerful strand that awakens a desire to eat human flesh. Woo! Okay. <laughs> that one like sent me on a ride. Then Monsters of California. This one was, I believe it was out on VOD. It's still out on VOD um, and stuff like that. It came out last month. No, we're in December. It came out in October. Jesus. So now be available on DVD. In this one, there are teenagers who are on a quest for the meaning behind a series of mysterious paranormal events in Southern California. Then there's something in the barn. This will be available on DVD and Blu-ray. Bill moves his American family to Norway, where he inherited a family estate. There, Lucas discovers a mischievous barn elf from ancient folklore living in the barn who plots to get rid of the American intruders. Then on Thursday the 7th, we have Black Mold. It'll be available on Tubi. A photographer faces her past while exploring an abandoned facility. Then on Friday the 8th, uh, William Brent Bell, he has a new horror coming our way, and it is called Lord of Misrule. This will be on VOD. So uh, William Brent Bell, he directed stay alive the boy the boy two orphan first kill many others so in this one a priest begins a desperate search when his daughter goes missing during the local harvest festival as she uncovers secrets from the town's dark past she must decide how much she's willing to sacrifice excuse me and rescue the girl from the grip of evil then the cello this will be available on vod and inspiring cellist learns that the cost of his cello is a lot more insidious than he thought then raging grace this one was just in lemonade theaters this past friday so now it'll be available on vod nothing is quite as it seems when an undocumented filipina immigrant takes a job as a caretaker for a terminal ill man in a lavish home she and her daughter soon become ensnarled by a terrible secret that threatens to tear them apart then we all also have on Friday a creature was stirring. This will be available in limited theaters. Then it'll be on VOD next Tuesday, December twelfth. Faith keeps her troubled teenage daughter tightly controlled by an illicit pill regimen in order to ward off a terrifying affliction. But after a Christmas burglary, burglary, burglar, <laughs> their dark family secret may finally be exposed. I'm almost done. I promise. Then the sacrifice it's game. Lot, right? It's it's a lot. I'm so surprised. I still thought we were in October by this list. <laughs> then on Shutter, we have the sacrifice game in the 1970s. Um, at a boarding school, two students stay behind during Christmas break. Things take a deadly turn when a murderous gang arrives at their doorstep, intent on summoning a demon. Then Walden. Um, this will also be out on DVD and Blu-ray. It's on going to be on VOD on Friday, but you can also own it on Tuesday the 12th. So basically this man, he pretty much just becomes unhinged once he finds out that he's terminally ill. Then we have the portrait. This will be available on VOD. After her husband's tragic accident, a woman obsesses over a mysterious portrait that resembles him as he used to be. But then the portrait begins to terrorize her and she must decide whether it's possessed or simply, or she's simply losing her mind. And then finally, on Tuesday the 12th, you'll be able to own Five Nights at Freddy's on DVD or Blu-ray. And also do not forget to subscribe to Screenbox. Woo! You did it! Made it. Xena needs a break after all that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod. 
or drop us an email at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out all things Bloody Disgusting on TikTok at BeDisgusting. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. We're back. We're back.